so we um, are coming to our time together where we're going to open up God's word. So I just want to encourage you to go grab your Bible now. And if you don't have a Bible to hand, then you know you can get one from the app store. You can download it and you can have it on your phone. And I know that there will be many, many people today who are watching that would thoroughly recommend the Bible to you if you've not been reading it before. So give it a shot, give it a go. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to jump just straight into our passage. We are continuing in our series called The Prison Letters. And just to put a little bit of context to it. So the Apostle Paul, he's writing this letter to his friends in the Philippi church and uh, he's writing it whilst he's in prison. So why don't we read together? We're in Philippians 2 and we're reading verses 19 to 27. Well, I'm reading them and you can read along. So it says this. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because, because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Amen. 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 So um, as a pastor, I have had the absolute privilege to be invited into some of the most intimate and life-shaping and heart-wrenching anguish and pain of people's lives. I've witnessed some of the hardest tragedies and illnesses and events that no one should ever have to endure. I've watched illness slowly rob a person of life. I've seen a, just a beautiful mum who's been who was terminally ill, take her wedding vows just months before she went to be with Jesus. I've been there at the very end of people's lives and also in the midst of excruciating pain and heartbreak and suffering. And yet despite all of this pain and anguish and disappointment, I have witnessed from these exact same people who are really going through it, who are really in the pit. Such grace, such dignity, such love, such beauty, such compassion that is so astonishing, it is breathtaking as it reflects and radiates out with such intensity that it doesn't only touch those around it, but it leaves a mark. And the, at the essence of these verses that we read today is a very big and very challenging question. 
What mark am I leaving on people's lives? What example am I setting to my family, to those around me, in my actions, maybe in my communications online or to my church family? And what we see here is Paul and he's holding up two people, two friends actually, who he sees exemplify the gospel of Jesus. And these two individuals, they paved the way in the first century, not only within the Philippi church, but actually across the Roman Empire. And they are our forerunners. And they are a reminder for us today in these times, in these days of how we too can leave a beautiful, deep gospel embedded mark in the lives of others as we emulate and we imitate them. So why don't we delve in? So firstly, Paul, he introduces us to Timothy. And Timothy, he says, is an example of genuine concern, verses 19 to 20. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. And I'll be honest with you, when I read those first few verses um, while I was kind of creating this talk, I was reminded of a lady who is in our church who uh, a few years ago, she was diagnosed with cancer. And just before lockdown hit, she was told that that cancer had come back with a vengeance and she became pretty poorly and she's been experiencing symptoms at home during lockdown. Yet when she heard that there were people in lockdown who were struggling with their mental health, people who were so desperately lonely and feeling so completely isolated, people who were struggling with addiction, she signed herself up to be a befriender. Despite her illness, Despite um, her health, she chose to spend her time on the phone, talking, listening, praying and encouraging others. It's such a raw, beautiful, stunning picture of a life being poured out, a life that oozes genuine concern, a heart that chooses to prefer others over herself. And Paul is holding up Timothy, his friend and his fellow co-worker as an example and also an encouragement to us to look up, to shift our gaze off of our own personal circumstances and look towards the needs of others. Now, this can often be really hard. It also can be incredibly challenging. And yet, because of that challenge, it holds so much power. It's not easy, but it's incredibly powerful. And the reason it is so powerful is Paul goes on to say, verse 21, for everyone looks out for their own interests. 
Isn't that, isn't it fascinating how that statement is true today in 2020 as it was back then in the first century? You see, our primary instincts, whether we like it or not, are to be focused on ourselves, putting ourselves at an advantage. And this hasn't changed or evolved over the centuries. You know, we only have to look back maybe a couple of months ago to the frenzy that was about toilet roll. You know, everyone going crazy for toilet roll. And then there was the hoarding, you know, the hoarding of the tin goods and the pasta and the rice and photos of people's trolleys just overflowing and, and shelves in the supermarkets completely empty. Because people are thinking, well, as long as I'm okay, I'm not really worried about anyone else. And yet Paul here, he goes on to say five incredibly powerful and compelling words not those of Jesus Christ. Not those of Jesus Christ. Not so with you. And I have to say that this one verse hit me kind of between the eyes as I read it. So let me just say it again. For everyone looks out for their own interests. Not those of Jesus Christ. Not so when you follow Jesus, not so when you follow his path, not so when you know his heart, not so when you are filled with his spirit. And the horrific, brutal killing of George Floyd has been a marking moment, hasn't it, for so many of us. The result of his murder has sent shockwaves throughout the entire world and has opened our eyes really and open the eyes of so, so many. And I have to say that I am one of those many people. These last few weeks started out for me with clear skies and acres of sand and just the hint of the sea in the distance. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, the tides began to swell and rise and build in order to start a work in my own heart and in my own mind and in my own soul. And it is building and it is rising and it is crashing against many things. A few weeks before I would have looked at and thought, that's okay, or that's good, or that's maybe healthy. I see them now lie floating as debris beneath the crashing waves of the Spirit of God. He is causing me to be deeply unsettled, painfully stirred and shamefully provoked. There is much sorrow and regret as the layers of ignorance and white privilege and blind spots are starting to be exposed in my own life. I have much listening and learning and praying and growing to do. And I am starting to realize that I have caused people pain. And as a church, we've caused people pain. And for that, I wanna say how deeply, deeply sorry we are. I am. We are committed to walking this journey because concern, real, genuine concern is seeing and considering Jesus's interests and also the interests of others. 
And I think one of the reasons that Paul is holding up Timothy as someone that I can emulate and imitate and you can emulate and imitate is because Timothy doesn't only know the needs of the people, he knows the heart of Jesus. He knows what matters to Jesus. Jesus's heart is breaking for those who are experiencing racial injustice, particularly right now for our black community. Jesus's heart is breaking over every kind and every form of injustice in the world. And as Christians, we have a fresh opportunity to receive his heart, his compassion. And not only to look out for our own interests, but his interests and what matters to Jesus. I love what Isaiah 1 verse 17 says. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Micah 6 verse 8. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. George Floyd's murder and his last words, I can't breathe, have not only broken so many hearts, but a fire is being fanned into flames, a refining fire that is being fueled by the Spirit of God to bring about change. And church, we have a moment. We have a moment that we may never have again. And we, are, we have an unprecedented opportunity like never before to make a stand, to speak out, to use our influence and our voice and our actions. And not only the big ways, but also in the little ways of daily life. And as we examine our hearts, we stand in the hope that can only come from Jesus, that his kingdom will come, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our opportunity is now. It's now to show, like Timothy, genuine concern. And so I'd just love to take a moment to pray over us, Psalm 139. So why don't you make yourself comfortable? Maybe if you're feeling like you would like to, you could hold out your hands to receive from the Lord. You could close your eyes to engage with him. And I am going to read that over us and then I'm going to pray. Come Holy Spirit. Search me, O God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Just increase what you're doing, Spirit of God. Would you come and would you show us the parts of us that we are blind to, that we don't see? Show, show me, show us where I'm proud. Show us where maybe that I carry prejudice towards other people who are different to me because of their race, because of their beliefs, because of the way they live their life. Spirit of God, would you come into all those parts of me that need to change? 
Would you start a revolution in my heart today? Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit to be a voice for those without a voice, to use the influence I have to stand up against injustice, to see everyone else how you see them and to look out for others how I would look out for myself. Help me, Lord, to continually grow the seeds of genuine concern for other people in my life. Increase your spirit. I lift my eyes to you. I lay my burdens down at your feet, knowing that you will replenish me. Amen. 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 Okay. Secondly, Paul introduces us to Epaphroditus as an example of genuine partnership. Verse 25. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Can you believe that we have done 12 weeks of lockdown? I know that for some of you, it has been some of the longest 12 weeks of your life. It's been horrendous. And I know for others of you, it hasn't been too bad. But if you think about it, it's actually amazing that we have been in lockdown, all scattered all over the northeast of Scotland with really just our phone and video calls to communicate with. And isn't it amazing the impact that the church is having across this region? For example, since lockdown, 47 couples have or are currently doing the marriage course, which is awesome. 21 parents have signed up for the parent talk, which um, the parenting talk course even, which is happening this week. Um, and I think it started last week. So that represents 13 families. Storehouse, which is our food bank, over the last 12 weeks, across all of our sites, across this whole region, we've delivered nearly 15 tonnes of food to 289 households, that's 839 individuals, 579 adults and 260 children. And just to put that into perspective, as a church, we would normally give out between 10 and 11 tonnes of food per year. And we've given out 15 tonnes in 12 weeks. It's quite remarkable. In the last 12 weeks, 1,730 meals have been cooked and delivered to 100 individuals in 70 different households. Over the last two weeks, we've started a new initiative where we've started to give away clothes to those that need them. And we've given away 230 items so far of clothing to five individuals and four families and their children. Across the region, people are putting their crate at the gate. They're telling their neighbours and their street about storehouse and how they can donate into that crate. And it's really difficult to really get a figure for that. But there are many, many people that are doing it. And we are delighted with what is happening there. 
We currently have 16 befrienders who regularly call 42 people. And so far, I mean, who, the, these stats are so detailed. Our team are amazing. So far, they've spent 69 hours on the phone. They've sent 51 texts and made 154 phone calls. And just this week, we trained about 100 of our leaders across all of our sites to help people deal with the trauma that is happening in these times. Over the last 12 weeks as well, I know that many of you who never would have done church, maybe never been to church in your life, or it's been certainly a really long time since you've been part of a church, have been tuning in. And we're so delighted about that. And so far between adults and young people, we've had 110 people commit their lives to Jesus, to press the button, to put their hands up, to say the prayer, to give their lives to Jesus. And I think out of all those stats, that is the very best stat at all, really, isn't it? It's amazing. amazing it is yeah. amazing. So what I want us to do is I want us just, no one's going to hear it, but, but God's going to hear it. I just want us to give God a massive, massive clap for what he's doing and a big cheer for all the people that have given their lives to Jesus. So let's just do that now, wherever we are. Yay! <laughs> We're delighted. It's amazing. And so because of that, Lots of, lots of people um, started an alpha course. We've run or are running three alpha courses currently with 77 people um, currently on the alpha course. And I know that there'll be many more to follow as well. Church, this is just really a really quick snapshot of some of what the Lord is doing in our midst in lockdown. I know for many of you, you have encountered the Holy Spirit in very deep and tangible ways. Prayer ministry and inner healing is happening over Zoom and not to mention prayer and intercession. We've worshipped together, we've prayed together, we've laughed together, we've cried together. It is incredible. Many of you have um, been inviting your friends and your family and your work colleagues to watch church at home. And can I just say that for those people that have never really done church before, this is the time because it's so easy from the comfort of your own home to click on a link and join church. Can you imagine how intimidating it is for people to walk into a building they've never been to before? It's a massive thing. But actually to join us at church at home, many, many people are doing that. And so I just want to encourage us as a church to put something out on WhatsApp, you know, invite some people, put it on your social media, um, extend that invitation. Tear Fund recently, they did a survey and it transpires that 24% of, adult, of adults in the UK have visited a church online during lockdown. Imagine that could be your partner, that could be your boyfriend, that could be your mum, that could be your friend. We see here this partnership between Epaphroditus and Paul, that even Paul's imprisonment wasn't going to stop that. It wasn't going to stop that. See how Paul describes him in verse 25. He says, my brother, co-worker, fellow soldier, messenger who takes care of my needs. Notice there is absolutely nothing businesslike about this. 
You know, it, it's not that he's fulfilling some kind of function in any way. This is about partnership. This is about Paul, Epaphroditus and Timothy joining together, being partners together, a family partnering together. And maybe as yet, you haven't invited someone to church at home. Let this be the week. Go for it. You can do it. Maybe you find yourself at a loose end and you think, well, I've got a bit of capacity on my time on my hands right now. Tell your site pastor about that. They will bite your hand off if they know that. They will be able to give you a whole bunch of things they would love for you to do. Maybe you've never put a crate at the gate or maybe you've intended to and you haven't got round to do it. Why don't you do it this week? Why don't you start? Message your street. Tell your friends about what you are doing. We have a moment as a church to partner together, to become even more family, even more a partnership as, we, as we've never done before. We are a family on a mission. And there may be people here today, I just want to end with just saying that, there may be some people here today, you've been tuning into church at home, maybe, or this could be your first time, and you're experiencing something, maybe there's been a bit of emotion during the worship, or you sense um, some peace that's just filling you, or you're experiencing something you've never felt before, that's God, that's God, and he's beckoning you to him. And I want to give an opportunity for anyone that wants to, to put their hand up and to say the prayer to give their lives to Jesus. So I'm going to say a prayer and you can repeat it in your own heart or you can say it out loud. And um, why don't we do that now? Mm. Jesus, today, I want to commit my life to you. Today, I want to surrender all that I am all that I have and say, I choose to follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for making a way for me to live with you in eternity. Thank you for taking all my sin and all my shame. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.